0: I want to talk about a myth that says that, uh, well, you know, and this goes around through uh, a lot of black people who say that, well, the white man introduced the Bible to American black folks to keep them in slavery, to keep them in bondage. That is a myth. Ezana, an Ethiopian king, established Ethiopia as a Christian nation in the year 341, that's 1,278 years before slavery, and Jesus helped people in the midst of slavery. Harriet Tubman saw Jesus in visions and heard Jesus' voice in prayer. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast with Al Jennings. When you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. Listen in as we discuss the effortless life of God's grace. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast. I'm Pastor Al Jennings, and today I'm going to talk about a subject that is very dear to my heart. I'm going to begin a series today entitled Enemies of Faith, or another title, would be faith, Faith's Greatest Enemies. We'll just call it Enemies of Faith. We're going to hit some major enemies to our faith. And we're going to begin in First Timothy chapter 6. But first of all, let me give you some history. This message is special to me because this is how I got turned on to walking by faith, living by faith. We walked by faith and not by sight. I started to learn the lifestyle of faith. And it happened to me when I was minding my own business, getting ready for church. I was over a associate pastor's house. He was associate pastor of a church that I attended in Indianapolis, Light of the World. It was, that's the new name. Back then it was called uh, Second Christian Church, all right? Same church, but different name now. But when I went, it was Second Christian. So I hung out with the associate pastor, and I was at his, his house, and we were all going to go to church together. His brother was in town from California, and that's where the associate pastor was from, Matt Harris. And um, his brother was visiting. This was a divine appointment for me, I'm telling you. And he had a tape playing. Back then it was cassette tapes. And this tape Somebody, I didn't know who he was at the time, I learned later, it was Fred Price, a pastor who pastored, uh, he's with the Lord now, but he pastored, founded and pastored Crenshaw Christian Center in Inglewood, California. I didn't know who he was, I just heard this guy teaching. And he was talking about how the children of Israel, and I'm going to talk about this in the, in this series because that's where I got it from from him. This is this was my start in my journey with faith in God's word, and so he was talking about the children of, of Israel at one point in time of their history when they wandered in the wilderness for forty years, and God told them to send 12 spies into the land of of Canaan, which I do give to the children of Israel. And so they sent the 12 spies out. Moses sent the 12 spies to spy out the land, and they came back with a report. Now, 10 of the 12 came back with what the Bible calls an evil report. Because it was a report of unbelief. And in God's mind, unbelief is evil. It's sin. And what is sin? Sin is disobedience to God. Unbelief is sin. And they came back, 10 of the 12, with an evil report. They said all of them, all of the 12, agreed that it was a good land, It was a land that flowed with milk and honey, but 10 of the 12 said, but there's giants over there, and they're too great for us. We can't overcome. Now, two of the 12 came back with a good report, a report of faith, not unbelief. And they said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And why? Because they have faith in what God said. Go spy out the land, not to see whether they could take it, but to check it out and see how good it was. God told them, go check out the land, which I do give. God gave it to them. And so Joshua and Caleb said, let's go get it. Let's go for it. Let's go after it. But the majority ruled. So they didn't go in and possess the land. Now, there's a point in my story, and this changed my life. Now, remember, I'm listening to this cassette tape, getting ready for church. And so as the pastor was teaching this, he talked about how when they did go into the promised land 40 years later, the 10 spies that came back with the evil report and they convinced the whole congregation that they can't do it. So they didn't. And they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. All of those 10 spies and all of the children of Israel of the adult generation died in the wilderness and did not get to go in and possess the promised land. Sad, sad story. The only two of the adult generation that God permitted to go into the promised land was, guess who, Joshua and Caleb, the two that came back with the good report, the report of faith. All the rest of the adults died in the wilderness. They could have possessed that land in 40 days, but yet it wasn't until 40 years later when they went in and possessed the land. And the teacher, Fred Price, he posed a question that changed my life. He said, are you going to say that it wasn't God's will for them to possess the land? Are you going to say it was God's will for them to be in the wilderness for 40 years? The reason that changed my life is because I thought that everything I was taught just in growing up in church, and my, my mother basically taught me this. Everything happened that happened in my life, whether it's good or bad, everything is the will of God, no matter what. Well, it's the will of God. If you got cut from the basketball team, that was the will of God. And I thought, basically, I didn't have anything to do with anything. It was just whatever happened to me was God's will. And I discovered It was like scales fell off my eyes when he was teaching this. And he said, are you going to say it wasn't God's will for them to go in and possess that land? And he said that God said, go and possess the land which I do give. So he emphasized the fact that God gave them the land. It was his will. But they didn't possess the land, not because it wasn't God's will, but because of their lack of faith. They believed the negative report of the 10 spies. The 10 spies got afraid, and they were in unbelief. They did not believe they could possess the land, and they can convince the entire congregation except Joshua and Caleb that they couldn't go and possess the land. And it wasn't until 40 years later, all the adult generation died, including Moses. Joshua was the new leader. And and God said, he told Joshua to go and possess the land. And he said, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon that, listen have I given you I have given it to you and Pastor Price emphasized when did he have given it to them, I know that's bad English, but he said that's in the past tense 40 years later after God told them to go check out the land, which I do give 40 years later God said, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon that. Have I given it to you? When did he give it to them? Past tense, 40 years ago. All right? So it was God's will for them to possess the land, but God had to wait on them. All right? He had to wait to all those those unbelievers, unbelieving believers died off, got that negativity out of the way, and then they were able to go in with the leader as Joshua, who was one of the two that came back with a good report. He was always in faith, and he was ready to go in and possess the land, and they did it. Praise God. So that's a little preview. I'm going to bring it back to you and teach it to you again in this series a little later on but right now an introduction and uh for today and we'll we'll pick up on this uh, so oh man we're 20 minutes in already but that's okay well ten of that was countdown so all right so let's begin in first Timothy chapter 6 and this is our foundation scripture for this series, I've got some things today I want to share with you by way of introduction. There are some things that are on my heart, have been on my heart for a few days, and I want to bring it to you today, all right? First Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. I want you to say that right now, fight, okay? Okay? fight. We're in a fight as believers. This is written to believers. And Timothy says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Okay, so I want you to know that we're in a The good news is it's a good fight. It's a good fight because Jesus finished the work on the cross, okay? And so Jesus died for our sins. He took all of our sins on the cross, past, present, and future. He finished the work. We have the victory. The Bible tells us, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 says, Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. The reason why it's a good fight is because we win. I mean, if you get beat up in a fight, you ever get beat up? I got beat up in grade school. <laughs> that wasn't a good fight when you get beat up. But God tells us to fight the good fight. So the fight that we're in, it's a good fight. All right? We're not fighting for victory. Listen, we're fighting from victory. The victory that Jesus bought and paid for us on the cross. Ooh, that's good news. All right? So it's a good fight, and it's a faith fight. We need to know what kind of fight that we're in. We're not to fight the devil. Well, I'm fighting the devil tooth and toenail. I'm fighting him every chance I get. No, the Bible never tells us to fight the devil. The Bible tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Matthew, excuse me, Mark 16, 17 says, in my name, in Jesus' name, you will cast out demons. Ephesians 4, 27 says, neither give place to the devil. Don't fight him. Don't give him place. Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, behold, I give unto you power to walk on Serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So, in review, we are to cast him out, not fight him, cast him out, resist him, not fight him, resist him, give him no place. All right? Uh, Don't fight him, give him no place. That means don't give him a ground to step on. And then we are to walk on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. All right? Don't fight him, walk on him. The reason why we don't fight him is because he's already defeated. He's a defeated foe. He wants to make you to think, he wants to make you think he's badder than what he is all right, that he's big and bad, and uh, the Bible calls him a roaring lion. All he can do is roar, but he has no teeth. He doesn't have bite. The only power he has is what you give to him, all right? So it's a good fight because you win. And so our job is to hold our ground, Ephesians 6 says, having done all, to stand. All right, so with that in mind, let's jump into... Enemy number one. We're going to deal with a few enemies. And enemy number one, we're talking about enemies of faith. Enemy number one is a lack of knowledge of God's word. Just being dumb about the word of God. And as Christians, we need to be wise about the word of God. We need to know what the will of God is. Ephesians 5 tells us, not to be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We need to know what the Word of God says. We need to feed on the Word of God. The Word of God is good. It's sweeter than honey, the psalm says. Sweeter than honey to our lips. Right? Feed on the Word of God. Jesus, Jesus said in Matthew 4, four, man should not live by by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's look at Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, my people. Now, this is the old covenant. I know we're in the new covenant. that's established upon better promises. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Let me take a sip of water here. My people, this is God's people. Why are they destroyed? And when I think of destroyed, I mean defeated, whipped, sick, poor, broke, busted and disgusted, fearful, worrying all the time, no joy, no peace, destroyed. All that stuff that I mentioned? Is because of a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge, of God's word. Isaiah, 5, uh, excuse me, Isaiah chapter five, verse thirteen. Therefore, my people go into exile, for lack of knowledge. Their honored men go hungry, and their multitude is parched with thirst. All right. So God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. God does not want us to be ignorant of his word. Now, I want to talk about some things that have been on my heart lately. And uh, before we get into talking to believers, I want to speak to those who don't believe that uh, Christianity is for everybody. And they may say, well, you know, that Christianity stuff, if that works for you, fine, but, you know, it's good if it works for you. I want you to know that Christianity works for everybody. (laughs) And it's for everybody, all right? It's not just one way. Well, there's many ways to God. You can go through Buddha or you can go through Confucius or Muhammad, and there's all kind of ways to God. No, there's only one way. Well, that's narrow-minded. Well, I guess we got to be narrow-minded. And I want to show you, hang on with me, because in this introduction, I want to show you how to prove for yourself, for those of you that don't believe in God, you don't believe in, or you don't believe in Christianity, you don't believe that's the only way. Um, You may be a Muslim. I want you to know that God loves you and Jesus died on the cross for you. All right? You're not excluded. You're included in who Jesus bought and paid for on the cross. If you're a Buddhist, I want you to know that Jesus died for you. Okay? No matter what your lifestyle is, hang on with me. You are loved by God for God so loved the world and that includes you. Okay? So, um, I want to talk about the validity of the Bible. Now, um, what about what, what about other religions?'t I mean, are all other religions wrong? Are you you Christians the only religion that are you saying that you as Christians, that's the only religion that's right? Well, first of all, let me tell you this. Christianity is not a religion. and I want to show you how Christianity differentiates from re- religion, okay? Um. First of all, there is uh, in other religions there are books. Okay, like uh, maybe not all religions have books, but there are sacred books that belong to certain religions. Let's talk about the Quran. Um, that's the book that uh, for Muslims. Okay, so. All of those books talk about principles, ways of life, how to behave, some some form of that, right? And sometimes people, a lot of Christians look at the Bible like that, like it's a book of principles, but it's really not. It's not really a guidebook of, of how to treat people and even though you can learn how to treat people in the Bible, don't get me wrong. But the difference between the Bible and these other books is that the book, the the purpose of the book is to point you to the author of the book, who is Jesus. I want you to see this in... Um, John chapter five, verse 39, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But see, these were religious people he's he's dealing with, and they were they were missing the boat. They they were actually reading the Bible, but they missed the person that the Bible was about. They missed the author of the book. The Bible says all things were made by him and without him. Jesus was not anything made that was made. And so religious people, Pharisees, Sadducees, religious leaders of that day, they were reading the scriptures. They were looking for the coming Savior. They believed in the coming Savior, but he's standing right in the middle of them, and they didn't know who he was. They didn't recognize him. And Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But you know what, y'all? The scriptures point to me. The scriptures are all about me. Come on, man. And they couldn't see it. And so the point I want you to see today is the scriptures point to Jesus. The the scriptures are designed to show us Jesus. Jesus is in every book of the Bible. All right. The other thing I want you to know about how Christianity is different from religions, is other religions, they serve gods who are dead. We serve a God who is alive. God our Father is alive. Jesus is alive. And when Jesus left, he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to give you a comforter who will abide with you forever. And our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. We are a spirit we have a soul. We live in a physical body and the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent him. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person that Jesus sent to take his place. And he lives on the inside of you and me. Who are believers. So we serve a God and and Savior who is alive, and we have the person of the Holy Spirit, the the third person of the Trinity, living on the inside of us. Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, I will give you another helper. And the word another means, in Greek, one just like me, who will do in my absence who will do in my absence what I would do if I were personally present with you. Wow. No religion has that, what I just talked about. We serve a God who is alive. (laughs) And other religions, I know I'm, I'm being very general here, but the religions I know about promote some form of karma, like you get what you're coming to, or you, you get what's, I mean, you get what's coming to you. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> do good. You get good. You do bad. You get bad. All right. And some people think that Christianity teaches that, but that's not what Christianity teaches Religions teach you some form of you get what you deserve. All right? So you're going to pay for the things that you do. Whatever you do is going to come back to you. All right? Um, Now, in Christianity, we get what we don't deserve. See, see, We reap what Jesus has sown. Jesus took our sins, past, present, and future on the cross, and we get what we don't deserve. We get Jesus' perfect righteousness. Jesus took our sin. Jesus took what he didn't deserve. So we can get what we don't deserve. His perfect righteousness righteousness, and Jesus made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All right, so um, Christianity, here's another thing. It's different from religions in that we have a relationship with a Savior. We have a relationship with God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, it's relationship-based. All right? And the book that we have, the Bible, points us to Jesus. Some people say that, well, here's a side note. The Bible leaves out a lot of history. There's a lot of gaps in history in the Bible. That's because The Bible is not a history book. Let me say it again for the people in the back. The Bible is not a history book. It is his story. Get it? His story. It's not a history book. It's it's a story about the redemption plan of God for mankind through our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's another thing. (laughs) These are just things I've been thinking about, taking some notes about. You never heard Buddha loves you. Nobody that talks about Buddha, I've never heard him say, Buddha loves you. I've never heard Muhammad loves you. But I've heard Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Praise God for God so loved, not just loved the world. Don't miss that word. So He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All right. Well, pastor, I hear what you're saying, but that's, that's your truth. I got another truth. My truth is that you don't need God. You don't need the Bible. Wait a minute. This is not my truth. See, that's a common term that people use. My my truth. Like you can make up your own truth. Jesus said, I am the way. He's not a way. John 14, 6. I am, Jesus said, I am the way. Watch this. You ready for it? Mm -hmm. The truth. The life. No one comes to to the Father, who's God, by the way. No one comes to God except through him. He said, except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I'm the truth. He's the truth. He's the truth. <laughs> not a truth. Not one of the truths. He is the truth. No, 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 I, I don't have my truth. Jesus is the truth. And I believe him. And I'm hang on, I'm, I'm going to tell you why I believe him. All right, so I'm talking about some things before we get into talking to the believers because really my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The lack of knowledge of God's word is destroying God's people. All right, that's for people who believe the Bible. But what I'm doing is I'm, I'm backing it up and I want to address people who don't believe in God, who don't believe in the Bible. There was a scripture that, something in the Bible, in Genesis, that for a long time I didn't have an answer for. And that is when God told Adam and Eve of every tree of the knowledge, he told Adam of every tree in the garden you can freely eat, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, You shall not eat of that tree. He said, for the day you eat, you shall surely die. Now, here's what bugged me for a while. Um, I wonder why God called this tree or, or why it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It seems like it should have been, if the tree was bad for you and God didn't want them to have it, why is it called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? I mean, I can understand if it was called the tree of the knowledge of evil. I could understand why you're supposed to stay away from that. But why should you stay away from the knowledge of good? Seems like we should have the knowledge of good. Why is that mixed up with the this this tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Why is that with evil? Seemed like knowledge of evil would be good, but then when I got a revelation of grace several years ago, and um, I I I got a revelation of what that meant, and what that means is, God did not want them to determine what is good and evil themselves. God didn't want them to determine right from wrong. That's right. You know why? Because God wanted to show them and lead them and guide them and show them what was good for them and what was bad. God wanted to determine that. And it's the same way today. God, through his, God, through his Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, wants to lead us, guide us, and direct us. We're to be led by the Holy Spirit. God wants to carry us, not just when we're children, but all the way through life. And in that way is different from our own children when we expect them, when they grow up, they get to a place where they can go out on their own, right? But that's not the way with God. When when you have little children... You can't let them determine. If you have a four-year-old, you can't let them decide what they're going to eat. Well, you know, you just decide what's right to eat. Would you like candy today? Would you like ice cream? Would you like cake? You leave it up to a four- or five-year-old, they just eat cookies and candy and ice cream and cake all day long. But, you know, they need some vegetables. You know that they need a balanced diet. And and you decide certain things. A four-year-old doesn't know enough to decide right from wrong, good from evil. I mean, they may think it's a good idea to put their hand on a hot stove, but, you know, that's not good. So you you keep them away from the stove. You keep them away from the knives in the kitchen. Isn't that right? So it's the same way with God. God knows what's best for us. He knows the lifestyle that is best for us. He knows what's right for us. And he wants to show us that. He does not want us to determine that for ourselves. And that's what humanism is. See, when man thinks they're smarter than God and they think they can decide what's right and what's wrong. And the difference between God and us and us and our children is we never get to a certain age where we outgrow God and we go out on our own without God. (laughs) Amen. He carries us. He leads us and guides us. See, Um, the Bible says the not now to the world, this is foolish. There are people who think they don't need God, but you do need God, whether you think you do or not. And I believe in every person. We'll get to this in a little bit but I believe in every person there's a knowledge of God. There's a knowledge that there is a God. There's a little spark in every person. And I'm going to give you scripture for that. Hang on. We're not going to be too much longer, but I want to get these things that's been on my heart. Get them out today. (laughs) Praise God. But God wants to lead us. See? And this is foolishness to a lot of people in the world, but the Bible says the weakness of God is wiser than men. And uh, and it's foolishness. The preaching of the cross that I'm talking about right now, I'm really talking about the preaching of the cross. And the Bible tells us that The preaching of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. But those who are saved, it's the power of God. This will change your life. And I'm going to show you, hang on, I'm going to show you how to prove it for yourself. I'm really talking to people who are searching, people who are not sure if there's a God. They're not sure if the the Bible is true. I'm gonna show you how to prove it for yourself. All right. Well, if it work, if that works for you, fine. But that, you know, Christianity, it it don't work for everybody. It, I mean, if that's your thing, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. If that works for you, Pastor, fine. If that works for y'all, fine. It won't work. For, that don't work for me. It does work for you. Whether you want to admit it or not. Whether you think it does or not, it works for everybody because God so loved the world. Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. The Bible is the best selling book in history for a reason. (laughs) Okay, for a reason. Um, Here's the scripture. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing, by testing. The word test here in the Greek, it means to, the the New Testament was originally written in Greek. It means to prove for yourself. You may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I want to show you how to prove for yourself that the Bible is true even if you don't believe the Bible. See, I don't really need to defend God. God can defend himself. And God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And if you open the door, he will come in. I mean, he will come in to you if you're willing. See, you've got to be willing. God will never take away your free will. He's not going to force himself on anybody. He's a perfect gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. But the Holy Spirit will draw you. And um, all you got to do is believe. And he'll prove himself to you. He'll show himself strong on your behalf. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see. That Taste, it means that, you know, when you taste something, um, you when you taste something good, fill in the blank of your favorite food, and you taste it, and you like it, and it's good to you. Nobody can take that away from you. Well, the Lord is better than any kind of food. He's better than anything that you've ever experienced in life. If you've never had an experience with him, I mean, there's nothing in life that's better than God. Nothing in life better, better than Jesus, but you got to taste it. You have to experience it. Once you taste it, nobody can talk you out of it. You come too late to tell me that there's, uh, there, there's no God, that Jesus is not real. I proved for myself, I've, I've tasted. And I've seen, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Okay. Romans chapter one, there was a man sent from God. Hang in in there with me. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Verse 8, he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. The Bible tells us... Without him was nothing made that was made. Here it says the world, even though he showed up, I talked about this earlier, he showed up. Religious people were were reading about him in the scripture. They had their heads in the Bible, but missed him when he was right there in the midst of them. He was in the world, and even though the world was made through him, the world did not know him. Now let's go back to this light. Verse 9, the true light, talking about John the Baptist was not the light but came to bear witness. He was the forerunner of Jesus and he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He gives light to everyone. I was talking to a friend of mine and and he he gave me a good example. I said, man, I'm going to steal that. And I was telling them, I believe everybody's got a spark. Everybody's got a, a light, something in them that tells them that there's a God. I believe God lights every person. Even people that they, they claim that they're atheist and agnostic or whatever and don't believe in God. Every person, God's got a spark on the inside of them. And a friend of mine told me, he said, it's like a pilot light. I love that. I can go down in my fireplace and, and I can see, even though the fireplace is not on, there's a little light. You can barely see it. You got to really know what you're looking for. I mean, basically, I mean, you can see it. I mean, but you got to, you can't walk by it and, and see it from a distance. If you go up, go up close and you look down at it, then, oh, there's a little light in there. It's a pilot light. Okay? And uh, I believe there's a light in every person based on the scripture, the true light, which gives light to everyone. So, and I don't have to convince anybody that there's a God the Bible never tells us to try to um, make people believe, or I don't have to convince them. In 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 the, in a sense, okay, but to preach the gospel, which is what I'm doing right now, present the gospel, and there's something in them that's going to say that's right. They may deny it, but I believe that there's something in them that says, that's right. So I love preaching the gospel so people will get lit when they receive Christ and then boom. That light becomes bright. Amen. Praise God. All right. So I said I was tell you how to prove for yourself and I'm going to do that right now, all right? Um, here's why you can't tell me that Christianity is not real, that Jesus is not real, is because I've tasted for myself, and, and I'm going to tell you specifically what I mean by that. There are things and experiences, so many that i too too much that I mean I can't even remember them all so many occasions where things have happened in my life positive experiences that have happened things that have changed my life that could not happen any other way than God doing it for me I mean, there's no. There was no natural explanation. It could only be God. All right, and I, and I want to pray for you right now. And um, all you gotta do, if you doubt whether there's a God, if you doubt the Bible, just ask God. He wants to reveal Himself to you. Just ask Him. Pray a simple prayer, Lord. If you're real, reveal yourself to me. That's not complicated. He died for the whole world. There's a scripture said, "If, if one died for all, then all died." We all inherited every human inherited the sin nature from Adam. When Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, the Bible says by one man's sin entered into the world. That's Adam and death through sin. And so death spread to all men for all sinned." You're not a sinner because of what you do. You're a sinner because of how you were born. You inherited. We all inherited the sin nature from Adam. And all we've got to do is accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord. He's the, the solution for the sin problem. He died for the sins of the whole world. Now, if you doubt all that, just say, Lord, If you're real, reveal yourself to me. And he will because he wants to. He wants to live on the inside of you through the person of the Holy Spirit and change your life forever. Because there's something in every person that knows that they're not fulfilled when they don't have God. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, He is the way, the truth, and the life. All right. And um, before I pray for you and let you go, I just I, w- I want to talk about a myth that says that uh, well, you know, and this goes around through um, a, a lot of black people who say that. Well, the white man introduced the Bible to American black folks to keep them in slavery, to keep them in bondage. Okay. That is a myth. Okay. And um, Christianity was not forced on black people. (laughs) Don't believe every, let me turn and look at this camera here. So don't believe every post or article that you hear. Do your own research. I found out in my research that Ezana okay, an Ethiopian king established Ethiopia as a Christian nation in the year 341. Okay? That's 1278 years before slavery. Okay, so that's the whole thing about um, Christianity was forced on black people and it was introduced to black people during slavery. No black folks are in Ethiopia, (laughs) among other places. Okay, and so Izana, I'm going to say it again, established Ethiopia as a Christian nation in the year 341. That's almost 1,300 years before slavery. And... In the midst of slavery, even if the white man tried to use the Bible to manipulate, and people still do that today, they use the Bible to manipulate people, but that doesn't make the Bible untrue. Jesus helped people in the midst of slavery. Harriet Tubman saw Jesus in visions and heard Jesus' voice in prayer. Furthermore, it's in Ethiopian historical records that Christianity came to Ethiopia through Philip ministering to a eunuch. And that story you can find in Acts chapter 8. That's actually in Ethiopian history, y'all. All right. I want you to know in conclusion, I hope you got something out of this. I want you to know that Jesus loves you no matter who you are. God loves the rich, the poor, the young, the old, the black, the white, the brown, the red, <laughs> the yellow, <laughs> the gay, the straight, the educated, uneducated, Democrats, Republicans, Muslims, Christians, Buddhists, Hindus, atheists, skeptics, and pagans. God loves loves them all God loves you Father God in the name of Jesus for those that doubt whether you are real maybe there's an atheist listening or somebody who doesn't believe the Bible is true they believe some may believe the Bible is just just another book that gives us principles to live by. Your word says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Father, I I ask that for all those people that you would reveal yourself to them plainly to show them clearly that you are real Bless them right now in the name of Jesus. All right, everybody. I hope you got something out of this today. And I want you to know, whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, that you are loved. And something good is going to happen to you whether you like it or not. God loves you more than you can ever imagine. I don't believe that you're listening or watching this by accident. I believe this is a divine appointment and God wants to do something. I know he wants to do something very special for you. One more thing I want to tell you about. Through the end of the month, I've got a special offer, my foundation Bible study course which is a foundation in the gospel of grace. I talk about the finished work of Jesus on the cross. I believe it's 43 lessons, five modules, and there's about, I think it's a 75% off. If you order this course uh, before the end of the month, so I've got details. Um, well, I've got a link in the show notes. If you and if you click that link, you can get more details about the course. All right, so if you're interested in that, that's available to you. Uh, I encourage you to take advantage of that because I can walk you right through the finished work of Jesus, the glorious gospel of grace, this good news gospel. Praise God. And um, it's a foundation in the gospel of grace. And if you want to check that out, there's a link in the show notes about how you can get this special offer. All right. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm out. Thank you for joining us today for the Living by Grace Podcast. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved, totally righteous, and destined to win because of Jesus. Have an amazing day.